What's up, crew? Welcome to the CloverTac podcast. And uh, for the for the record, as always, we like to do that because some stuff is time sensitive. March eleventh, twenty twenty one. Uh, welcome if you're out there early in the live chat. That is exactly where you need to be because in the live chat you can participate in the conversation. So uh, by all means, as we move forward and have our discussions, if you have questions, if you miss something, you need more explanation, whatever the case may be, uh, throw it out there in the live chat, participate, or just say hi. Sometimes uh, that's all we uh, we really need. If you're in replay uh, watching this or listening to this in the audio podcast form, welcome, welcome. And you can participate as well. Uh, not live, obviously, and shame on you for not being here live. But, uh, yeah, you can always participate down in the comments below. A uh, little bit of house cleaning real quick. Um, I know that several people have asked about the questions from the uh, 2021 Shooting Sports Showcase, which I attended Monday. Uh, and I asked you guys for questions. I did talk to uh, most of the uh, vendors there, the exhibitors there, got most of those questions answered. We're going to do that in a in a podcast format, I think, as well, and just kind of run through that list. That's coming soon. Working on some other things. Also, some changes. Uh, I know we went from um, it being a, a formatted style podcast with intros and all different types of things into just kind of free flow now, where we jump in and go. Uh, and I think we're going to change up and, and maybe polish. Uh, some stuff up moving forward, working on some of that. So with that out of the way, because I don't want to waste too much time, bring in Jeff Knox from the Firearms Coalition. How are you, Jeff? I'm good. How are you doing, Chris? I am well. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining. Um, it is an honor and a pleasure. I know that whenever we're over on uh, on gear websites together, you uh, you like to talk. You say you like to talk a lot, and and the good thing is, I like to listen to you talk. So uh, it works. It it can be problematic, uh, but but you get me going on things that I care about, and and I go. And uh, Second Amendment stuff obviously is something that I care about, and and I get fired up on, and I I get going, and it's hard to stop me. But. Right. Uh, uh, Happy to be with you. Happy to talk with you about whatever you'd like to talk about. Well, let's let's start out. I know you you had uh, mentioned privately that you've got some projects in the work. Nothing is, is firm or concrete, but you wanted to kind of get some information out there. Uh, and my camera's going to act weird, unfortunately. So <laughs> my apologies uh, for that. I'll tell you what. While you're fiddling with your camera, I'll just talk because, like you say, that's what I do. Um, a couple of things. Um, one of them is everybody's aware of the issues with the NRA and the lawsuits and the bankruptcy and all of that. And um, uh, there are some guys who have put together, a guy in particular, his name is um, Skip, um, I just lost Skip's last name. Um, anyway, Skip is has created a GoFundMe called uh, NRA watchdog legal fund. Uh -huh. And what he's doing is building a, or trying to build a war chest for, um, legal expenses related to saving the NRA 
for the members, getting the members a voice in all of the legal crap that's going on in and around the NRA. And um, it's um, NRA Watchdog um, Legal Fund is what it's called on GoFundMe. Um, it hasn't officially launched yet, although uh, there's been a little bit of money put into it already uh, as people are, are looking at it and beta testing it and, and so forth. So uh, if people are interested in that, and there will be a lot of information about the NRA uh, lawsuits and, and bankruptcy and, and whatnot uh, at the same time. Um, and I, I'll have something on this on my website at firearmscoalition.org where you can also find a lot of the critical documents related to the NRA bankruptcy. And um, that's, uh, that's one of the things that's, that's going on. I've got another GoFundMe that I'm, I'm hoping to get going pretty quickly. There's a fellow up in Washington State named Albert Kwan. And Albert has uh, become sort of a Second Amendment martyr. Um, he was a, a uh, Title II dealer SOT, and um, there was a, a murder investigation that Albert was not in any way involved in, but uh, the FBI decided that because he had bought a barrel from a company 10 years prior, that, uh, that he might have some information. And uh, when he did what his lawyer told him to do, uh, and they, they said, can we look at your guns? And he said, no. Uh, you'll have to talk to my lawyer. Um, they went after him. Uh, he spent time in jail. They destroyed his wow. real estate uh, uh, career. They destroyed his military career. He was in the reserve um, with 27 years in the reserve. He missed his deployment, um, uh, almost lost his pension. Um, he uh, lost his FFL. He uh, had to ship all of his guns out of state. Uh, because you can't own um, full auto in Washington state unless you have an FFL and an SOT and something else. Um, and while they were out of state, somebody decided that that he owed them money and uh, took about uh, half a million dollars worth of his guns. He's got a half a million dollars worth of legal bills and he's flat broke now and he's in a mess and uh, looking at trying to make more, um, uh, make an effort for a uh, wrongful prosecution. I, I call it persecution. Uh, it, it really was. They just went after him for no reason, except that he didn't jump when they told him to jump. He, he did what his lawyers told him to do. He said, no, you'll have to talk to my, my attorneys. But uh, expect more about Albert Kwan um, and uh, keep an eye out on my website and I will be uh, promoting a fundraiser for him. And speaking of fundraisers, we've got an auction coming up in April. Uh, a, uh, a kind donor donated a, a wonderful uh, Mini-14 rifle to the Firearms Coalition and it's going up for auction at Pot of Gold Auctions on April the 20th. And um, very nice rifle. It's got the uh, it's got an aftermarket Walther barrel. Um, it's a it's a target varmint rifle in two two three Ruger Mini fourteen. But it's got I think six twenty round magazines and three thirty round magazines with it. Um, very very nice rifle. And uh, I, I don't know. I might talk with Pot of Gold and see if we can throw some ammo in along with the rifle. Heck, I, I might you know make a million dollars on it. Uh, 
<laughs> with the ammo thrown in. Right. But uh, keep an eye out for that because that's going to be coming up too. Um, so with all of that out of the way, Clover, what can I tell you about what's going on? Well, the um, just so everybody knows, uh, the camera is not coming back on this one. So my apologies <laughs> for that. Um, I'll explain what happened, though. Uh, I run a um, I run an iPhone 5s for a webcam. Have for some time. Um, the charging block that it's typically plugged into it stays plugged into that all the time because I use it for a webcam. Um, when I went on my little trip uh, a few days ago, um, I took that because I needed it to charge. Obviously, my cameras and microphones and other production equipment and when i come back home i failed to bring it in here and plug it back in so the battery is dead so yeah that's not happening uh but that's okay because for the most part i mean other than looking at my ugly face uh it's about the conversation and this goes out into audio form anyway where people can't see the screen so hopefully it's all good um i want to jump back jeff g webs threw a uh, question out there uh fairly early i'm going to scroll up and try to grab it uh, and we'll tackle that first, and then we'll move into potentially some other things. Uh, he says, what do each of you think are the three most important uh, things to work on for 2A in 2021? So he says three. So he's giving us a lot of work here, Jeff. Mm. Well, uh, we're in bad shape in 2021 <laughs> from a, a legislative perspective. Um, the The federal level uh, challenges are immense. Uh, the House just passed, what is it, H.R. 8 and 1474 or something like that. The, the uh, background check uh, expansions and extensions, um, it's nonsense, it's bad, and what makes it even worse is uh, there were at least three Republicans that voted for it. I think there were five Republican co-sponsors on it. Um, Republicans are shooting themselves in the foot uh, by supporting anything um, gun control related. It's it's just a huge mistake. It hurts them. It hurts their brand. It does them no good whatsoever. There isn't anyone who wasn't going to vote for Peter King in New York um, that is going to say, oh, well, he voted for this gun control bill, so I'm going to vote for him next time around. It, it doesn't happen that way. Um, the the only thing, the, the anyway, it's it's bad, and the Republicans are, are um, foolish. Any Republican that ever supports a gun control bill is, is foolish. You know, the Democrats are foolish too, but they've got a game plan going. Uh, in the Senate, they're going to have trouble getting this through. Unfortunately, these are the um, common sense, reasonable reforms, gun safety legislation that some stupid Republicans in the Senate are liable to go for. Uh, Lisa Murkowski and and um, what's her name in Maine? Um, Susan anyway, Collins. Yeah, Susan Collins in Maine. Uh, possibly uh, Liz Cheney up in Wyoming. What the hell, Liz? Uh, stupid Republicans can ruin their chances of taking back the House and Senate in 2022 by voting for these 
infringements on Second Amendment rights. Right. Um, and and that's the thing that they need to wake up to and need to avoid. It's it's not just about passing this legislation. It's about ruining their chances of winning the House or the Senate in 2022. Um, it they have a great shot at at regaining control of Congress in 2022, and they are potentially going to blow it with with this vote. Okay, so we've got that up on the federal legislative um, uh, agenda. Uh, I expect that Biden uh, will very soon, now that he's got Merrick Garland confirmed, which again, huge mistake, should have been blocked. But now that he's got Merrick Garland confirmed, um, I expect that uh, he will go after um, executive orders on gun stuff. Um, and here again, one of the foolish things in the past that our side allowed to happen, all imports of firearms and ammunition is banned in the United States. It is, it, it is banned by law. And then there are exceptions that allow certain things to come in if they meet certain criteria in that the, uh, Attorney General or or Secretary initially it was Secretary of the Treasurer approved of. The way I understand it is kind of a points system. Well, and yeah, and it's they, fairly they, and it's fairly arbitrary. The, the right, they system. created a, a point system, particularly on on uh, handguns, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's a lot of this stuff was um, protectionist legislation that it was supported by the domestic firearms manufacturing companies because they thought hey this guy can buy a a rifle from a a surplus rifle from italy for 12 bucks through the mail shipping included um how how am i going to get him to spend 40 bucks for my winchester or my remington um rifle and that short-sightedness on the part of of our industry uh, is coming home to roost um, because it, it those cheap surplus rifles and cheap surplus ammunition that we don't have anymore uh, those were were gateway drugs if you will it, it was the opening to get people introduced to firearms and shooting and the fun and interesting aspects of it and by taking that away um okay i don't want to spend a couple of hundred bucks to find out well today 500 600 to find out if this is something that i enjoy and want to pursue but if i could do it for a hundred bucks or 50 bucks I might do that. And, and that's what has happened in the firearms industry. It used to be a guy could spend 12 bucks to buy a rifle, go out and shoot and find out that he enjoyed that, but he wanted better accuracy. So he needed a better rifle and he needed to upgrade and step up. Um, but, but now, um, that, that's pretty much gone. You know, you could buy your, well, here just recently, the Mosin Nagant filled that slot for a long time mm-hmm. that you could buy a Mosin for for a hundred bucks and uh, and go. But anyway, as it stands right now, everything is illegal unless it's accepted in, and they can close those exceptions at any time. Uh, the potential exists. Um, ammunition, anything, any pistol, any any rifle round that has been 
chambered into a pistol is at risk of being banned for being uh, uh, armor piercing. Um, right. So we've got definitely threats on that front. Then the, the third front and the third most important thing that I would say is, is local. Um, we have Republican controlled, pro-rights controlled legislatures in most of the states right now pro-rights governors pro-rights legislatures but a lot of them like my state we're hanging by a couple of votes and we've got a governor who uh, quite frankly uh, just frustrates the crap out of me because he i i don't know where he went to republican school but i think he flunked um and i i i really you know the Firearms Coalition, my organization, we're a nonpartisan organization. I will support anyone who supports my rights and your rights. But uh, the Democrats have declared that they don't. And that leaves us with the Republicans. And this is something that gun guys really need to understand. You don't have a choice. Uh, you can't be picky and you have to stop being picky about the Republicans that you support because supporting wishy squishy republicans is better than letting the democrats have the seat if the democrats get the majority we're screwed and that's what happened at the at the national level here this last election is we let the democrats gain the majority and now we have to face those consequences and they are dire uh, they're coming after us and they're going to come after us a little piece at a time everything's a loophole everything's a a um mistake I, i'm working on a piece right now that that says it's not a fault it's a feature the three-day delay in the instant check was a carefully negotiated compromise now i oppose the instant check from the beginning but in the building of the instant check agreement there was a carefully negotiated compromise that said okay if you don't get an answer within three business days you have to release it. My push on that was if if you if you FBI Nicks can't get a determination within three business days, you have to send a green light. Period. You have to send an approved to the dealer. Let him go ahead with the transaction. Right. Instead, what what NRA allowed to be put in there was if they don't approve it within three days, the dealer may proceed with the transaction. Right. I, I wanted to remove that liability from the dealer, put yes. it all back on the FBI and um, and keep it there where it belongs. Mm -hmm. uh, if they can't get their job done in three days, then the heck with it. And and another problem with it is that their definition of three days is when state and federal offices are open. Well, we had this stupid pandemic going and right. that meant that three days could be three weeks mm -hmm. and it still qualified as three days. Um, I, I wrote a piece about that, that, that uh, when the Constitution says and when we've negotiated this and they can't fulfill it, then they have to open the door. They can't bolt the door. They have to open the door. That's the option. This is a, a circuit and, and it's a, a um, what do they call it, a, a always open switch that, that or, or always closed switch that that the the cycle has to run if the if the controls within the system fail 
then the default setting should be you go ahead with the sale. Right. If the FBI and, and local authorities can't say whether or not it's okay to, um, to sell this gun, then you sell the gun because it should be an automatic. It, that's, that's the Constitution, and that's where it should be. So I, did, I, did I answer Pete's question? What I think so. I think so. Are the are the critical issues? Well, I've got. Uh, I'm going to back up and I'm going to piggyback off of you because I don't necessarily disagree. Shocker there, right? I don't disagree with uh, most of what you said, but I do want to. I do want to hit on a few points. I've made some notes here while you were talking. Um, so backing up to the uh, to the import issue, um, mm-hmm. I work with and and have talked with and how on the podcast multiple firearms importers. Um, so hearing from them. Uh, the silliness that they go through. And I'll give you an example. I won't mention any companies, Um, but there's one company that they got approval to bring a handgun uh, into the country. And this was a new, you know, a new production, but still had to be imported, right? Built Mm -hmm. in in another country. They got approval. Um, They made no changes to the function, the form, the color, the machining, no other change to the firearm other than, calling it something different than naming it something different. There was literally no change. And we're not talking about they changed the engraving on the slide, right? right. They literally wanted to just change the name. They contacted and they said, we're going to call this so-and-so instead of so-and-so. They right. had to restart. They had to restart the entire importation process, which takes months, right? If not years or longer, um, over a simple clerical name change. Right. And, 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 and it's silly. They, what they should have done <laughs> is, is leave it as, as the old name, bring it in and give it a nickname right. when they marketed it. Right. Um, you know that, yeah, it's, it's the RG 4832 seven super duper d- gun. And we don't want to call it that. We want to call it the yeet cannon. Okay. Well, just right. put the yeet cannon in in parent or in uh, quote marks, and, right. and throw it. No, the the legis- the the regulations are idiotic, um, and and they used to be. They've they've always been. The potential's always been there. But um, back when I was in college, I worked at J and G Sales uh, up in Prescott, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody familiar with Shotgun News, Firearms News, uh, sees the ads for J and G all the time. Um, it's a, a smaller these days wholesaler. Um, but, um, we used to get pistols in from Mexico and, um, they were crappy little pistols that we would sell out at, at a reasonably low price. But these things were imported with, um, target trigger shoes on them and adjustable sights on them. And, um, I think there were a couple of other little features that were just kind of screw on features um target grips maybe i i don't remember exactly but i do remember that um they would come in in a box and in the box would be a plastic bag and in the plastic bag would be the regular iron sights and um things like that and i i would <laughs> take the the adjustable sights off put the iron sights on take the trigger shoe off um, and and things like that. It it was legal, but then we would put all of those things back in a plastic bag, put them in an envelope and mail them to Mexico for the next shipment of of cheap 
handguns. And of course, right. they closed that loophole because it was a loophole. Sure. But the people who bought those guns, it wasn't pawn shops in, in East L.A. or the south side of Chicago. It it was Joe's gun shop uh, for his, his gunsmith special. Hey, get a plinker for 20 bucks um, and, you know, play with it. Uh, I, I used to buy them myself, um, those and a couple of other types of guns that uh, that I would buy. And I would clean them up and tune them up and re-blue them and uh, put nicer wood on them, things like that, and uh, uh, sell them out. And that's that's how I, you know, made my ammunition money while I was in college because um, I spent a lot of ammunition when I was in college. Right. I lived at one gun shop and I worked at another uh, and uh, went to school with a, a bunch of guys in a gunsmithing program. So I was shooting three or four times a week, um, different brands of shooting. You know, we would mostly we were action pistol, but we did a bit of cowboy shooting and we uh, would go out to the skeet range now and then. So I was a busy guy back in those days. It was it was great. So I got a. Uh Back and forth with a uh, message out there from a viewer, Plain Nut in New Jersey. Uh, and this, this kind of goes along the lines of something else when you were talking um, that you know, comes to mind for me because I get sort of beat over the head with this, and a lot of, a lot of people do. Um, but uh, uh, Plain Nut out there, he says he has a Republican in a nearby congressional district who literally votes for every piece of gun control that comes up. How is voting for him all the time in my best interest? And this kind of goes to what I was going to piggyback off of you and talk about. So I don't identify as Republican, Democrat, Independent. I hate boxes. I hate labels. I don't identify as any of that. I am who I am. Um, that being said, um, here in Texas, um, and in and where I'm at, and the region, county, whatever that I vote in, um, it's more than likely going to go Republican. So it behooves me to be registered as a Republican, so I can vote in the Republican primary, so I can pick the best Republican candidate that is most likely to win in November. You bet. Right. You. So where you were talking about you know, the kind of the Republican over the Democrat. I think people need to pay attention to primaries. Absolutely. And be, and that, be able to put, get rid of those wishy-washy Republicans in the primary right? and get a more if, solid Republican for the, uh, uh, for the general. Right. If you, if you've got, a, a an anti rights Republican, uh, holding a seat, you need to primary that Republican and you need to hit them hard. The, the thing that you have to be careful of, and this is, this is one of the things, if I've got, if I've got an anti-rights Democrat and, and let, let's, I want to reiterate this. Uh, our, our coalition is nonpartisan. Right. If, if we've got a good Democrat who will do what he says he will do, you know, that will support gun rights, uh, we'll support them. But the Democrat Party has declared themselves the party of infringement. They've declared themselves at war with our rights and letting 
and their leadership is absolutely in opposition to our rights. So allowing them to get a majority means that we get Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi leading the way. And Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are extremely dangerous if they're in a leadership position uh, beyond just their party. Um, so uh, if if you've got a, a an anti-rights Republican, you target them in the primary, but you be sure that you're not destroying their chances in the general. If I've got an anti-rights Democrat that that I want to take out, I, I will go after him in the primary if I can find a candidate to run against him, and I will run a nasty, ugly, dirty primary campaign if I can, if I can do that. Um, I will talk about his real estate dealings. I'll talk about his womanizing. I'll talk about anything and everything that this person has ever done that somebody might take offense to, and, and I will throw it out on the table. Um, but I will obey Reagan's 11th commandment when it comes to primary challenges for Republicans. I won't go after their ugly stepchild. I, I will go after their record on gun rights, their record as a conservative, their record as a Republican. I'll, I'll challenge that. I think that's what you need to do in a, in a Republican primary. But when it comes down to the general election, if it's a choice between, and, and this is here in Arizona, if I've got a choice between a solid pro-rights Democrat and a wishy-washy eh, Republican, in the general, I'm going to vote for the Republican. I'm going to push for the Republican because I can't afford to lose that seat. If we had a stronger majority, if if we had a, a stronger pro-rights majority in the, the Arizona House, but we're only one or two seats away in each house. Right. Uh, we're only one or two seats away from a Democrat majority. And they've put forward legislation that is atrocious that if they were in leadership, that legislation would be moving in my legislature, and I can't afford to risk that. And so I will take a squishy Republican over even a solid pro-rights Democrat, because even though he's solid pro-rights, that one vote can't make enough of a difference, but it will make a difference in who the leadership is and who controls the agenda. Yep. And, and we can't afford that. It, it, it's just the facts of life. That's a great right. point. Yeah, that a lot no, of people, it, a lot of people don't spend the time or take the time to look at the nuances of politics. And I'm glad you explained what you did, because when you first started, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Here in Texas, we have states and state level, and and of course county level and, and local level Democrats that are solid. They're absolutely solid. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm not in a position that that you know i get an opportunity to vote for any of these people they're they don't live anywhere that that um i'm a constituent right right um but we don't have or, or thus far anyway they don't skew the balance of power to the point where they get um what am i trying to say where they get to do you know committee set up the committees right and, and all these other 
other appointments. Um, and so it's kind of a balancing act, right? You kind of got to pay attention. People want to look at Republican, Democrat, or they want to look at their lit, litmus test, their litany of criteria for a candidate. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head. We've got to be paying attention to a more comprehensive style of, of political structure sometimes. Um, yeah. Real quick, Savage Sharpshooter 93, bro. Uh, I guess I'm saying bro, but um, says, well, you're doing a stream uh, while I'm awake. So best keep my word, put this uh, in the dash cam fund and uh, keep up the good work. So that is awesome. Uh, apparently he was in the keep Clover alive chat that the G web set with the other night. And well, cause that's the only way I think he would know about the whole dash cam thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah I might have to uh, get on Amazon and, uh, and do some looking. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the support there. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. I almost jumped in on that, that, uh, event the other night. I, although I figured it was probably almost over by the time I came in and you guys went for another two hours after that. But, <laughs> Right. Um, and I went to bed. I don't but, blame you. Uh, um, one of the things that's going on right now is Joe Manchin and uh, our friends over at uh, Guns and Gadgets uh, is, is has been talking about and encouraging people to contact Joe Manchin, uh, Democrat senator out of uh, West Virginia, uh, to encourage him to maintain his position on not throwing out the filibuster. And that's all well and good, but here's the conundrum. Joe Manchin is also the sponsor of Manchin Toomey, which is a uh, uh, universal background check bill. Um, and we don't like him for that. <laughs> we oppose that position. So uh, all of all of the gun owners who are reaching out to Joe Manchin right now and saying, stick to it, Joe, don't give in. We got your back. What happens when Joe promotes um, his Manchin to me uh, uh, banning, criminalizing the private transfer of firearms legislation? Are you going to then support him when he comes up for re-election? Are you going to support him over his Republican challenger? Um, I don't think so, because that's not the way our gun guys work. So I frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to saying, dear Joe, thanks for sticking to your guns and, and refusing uh, on the filibuster. Um, but let's, let's not be mistaken. Um, gun owners are not likely to support Joe Manchin in his next re-election bid um, because he's not a pro-gun guy. Um, so there's there's this balancing act that's going on all the time and you can't you can't just take anything for granted. I, I frankly again here in Arizona we've got Kirsten Cinema. Um, I was terrified when she got elected to the U.S. Senate um, because she's a, a crazy pink tutu leftist Looney Tunes uh, for years here in Arizona, and she got elected to the to Congress and or, or to the the Senate, um, and she's been more middle of the road, more practical, more reasonable. I'm reaching out to Kirsten Cinema. Um, 
I'm not going to tell her that I'm going to support her in her next reelection bid, but I am going to encourage her to take steps that would uh, make less of my guys oppose her in her next bid because she's been taking reasonable positions and voting in reasonable ways on a lot of things that uh, I think are important. The other side of that, we've got Mark Kelly for crying out loud, Mr. Gabby Giffords, and uh, he's going to be up for election in 2022. He just got elected now. He's going to be up in 2022, thankfully, uh, because it's a, uh, a replacement seat. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have a candidate to run against him. So wow. we've got to do that. Um, and that's, that's challenging, you know, but, um, but guys need to pay more attention to the, I, in, in last year's election, I, I made a statement and I repeated it several times and I'll repeat it again. We're out of the realm of 40 chess or 3d chess or chess at all. This isn't even checkers. This is tic-tac-toe, simple tic-tac-toe, block the bad guys put in your marker. If your marker isn't a a warrior for Second Amendment, that's okay, as long as they're not uh, giving the Democrats, the anti-rights people, the majority and control. So block that square by, by putting that R in the square, even if that R isn't a strong R. That's, that's where we are right now in um, the political reality. And I encourage people, come to my website, firearmscoalition.org, read my stuff at Ammo Land or on, at, at Firearms News, uh, the magazine, um, and, and pay attention and, and be involved because you are the gun lobby. And, um, you know, your involvement is what makes the difference. It's what gave the NRA its power. And it's what keeps the um, uh, politicians somewhat in line. To most politicians, the gun issue is not the way you and I see the gun issue. To us, it's a philosophy. It's a core value. To them, it's a political issue. It's like potholes and stop signs and, and development uh, zones. It, it's just a political issue. Which is going to get them the most votes? Which is going to get them in the most hot water? How's it going to work out? That's the way politicians run. We've got to make it clear that we will impact their ability to be elected and reelected. Uh, and the only way we can do that is by working together not getting divided over, well, this guy's not pure enough, or that guy said something I didn't like. We've got to bring it together and say, okay, this is the opposition. This is our side. Even though this this politician on our side isn't great, at least this politician isn't giving Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer control. And so we have to do that. We have to block the square that's going to give control to Chuck Schumer. That's, that's what we have to be looking at all the time. Um, when you were talking earlier about, you know, state level politics, I guess this is kind of, uh, well, one of the last, last points I wanted to make on uh, what you were saying earlier. Um, Arkansas recently passed, uh, the governor did sign Stand Your Ground. And prior to him doing that, uh, I had several people that um, live in Arkansas that told me there's no way he would sign it. Uh, but yet he did. And even they were shocked that he did. So 
Um, I'm also I'm pleasantly surprised. Let's put it put it that way because I'm not shocked uh, at some of the stuff that has been introduced in Texas and has the potential to get past uh, this session. As a matter of fact, I missed a call from my congressman earlier today. I was I was busy with something. Um, which uh, sucks, or my re- representative, I should say, mm-hmm. um, state rep. Uh, missed the call from him earlier today, so I've got to try to touch base with him again and, and try to see where he's at. He's one that can be wishy-washy, so you gotta you got to keep tabs on him and kind of keep him reined in. Um, but it, it, it looks like um, some of the state-level stuff is, is starting to balance out a little bit. I mean, you've got issues, obviously, there with Arizona and the tight margins and some other stuff. Uh, Virginia, we all know what, what went south in Virginia. And we, but, yeah, what but, yeah we have some other states, too, that are, that are actually making a little bit of headway, it seems like. Well, and, and Virginia in particular, why Virginia gun owners didn't stand up on their hind legs and slap these people down in the next opportunity, uh, which was the 2020 elections. I am just astounded. I do not understand. Um, 20,000 people can show up, uh, half of them armed on at the Capitol building to uh, protest infringement on their rights. But where were those 20,000 during the election? Were they out knocking on doors? Were they calling their friends? Were they uh, taking people to the polls? Um, they weren't. Because if they were, Virginia wouldn't have gone blue. And Virginia legislature would be very heavily uh, Republican right now. And it's not. Um, they didn't organize. They didn't work. They didn't focus. And and VCDL, Virginia Citizens Defense League, I, I'm have been a member for years um, and and worked with them when I lived in Virginia, worked with them very closely. Great organization. But uh, gun owners in Virginia failed to step up uh, when they were challenged. And, and I'm very disappointed about that. Um, but it's the trend nationwide is that our guys aren't standing up. They're, they're rolling their eyes and saying, well, what good does it do? Or, you know, it's past time for voting, uh, da, da. Uh, you know, the three boxes uh, and, and all of this nonsense. Guys, if you don't vote, if you won't get off your butt and go work for candidates, even candidates that you don't love, but that y- they fill the square and they block the other one, um, the, then you're not going to win a revolution. You're not going to um, reconstitute the the republic you're not going to do it because you're a lazy crap you know if you're not going out there and making calls and working for politicians mm-hmm. you're not going to go out there and shoot the well, bad guys and and, and this that these people don't seem to grasp it's and it's easy to do um you know a, a lot of people and i get it uh, you know a lot of people they Man, they go to work. They've got their family. You know, they've got so much on their plate, right? Whether it's it's little league or dance class, or you know, uh, and the the roof is leaking, and they got to you know change the brakes on their truck, and they got to do this and they got to do that, and so you know when they have free time, 
you know, they obviously they want to go fishing or do this or do that. Right. right? Absolutely. And I get it. I get it. Um, but, you know, elections are cyclic. So it's not anything that you've necessarily got to do all the time, which right. is a good thing. Um, and with the technology sort of like we're using today, I mean, aside from my freaking battery on my camera being gone, <laughs> um, you know, you can talk to people halfway around the world. So you certainly can utilize social media and these platforms and other things to get the word out on candidates and yep. to uh, disseminate their messages, right? Uh, right. They're pro-liberty, pro-rights, pro-freedom messages and stuff like that. Um, so that is, it, it's similar. A lot of people, we know this, uh, are plugged in. They they got phones in their hand. They're, they go to a restaurant and I guarantee you, 80% of the people probably at least are, you know, if they don't have food, their food on the table yet, what are they doing? They've got their head in that cell phone. And yep. so um, it can be a, a very effective tool without having to go knock on doors and right you know and um, you, don't and you can do it in your spare time you can do it in your like you said uh, with, with you working from the recliner right you could literally right. do that in your recliner in your underwear and nobody would be the wiser that's right and and i i'll give you an example um a few years ago my facebook page uh for the firearms coalition when i would post a new article i've written a new article i've posted it on ammo land and I would go and, and post a link to that on my Facebook page, which is what I try and do every time I come out with a new article, which is usually once a week. Uh, and um, the reach on that, uh, down in the corner, when I would post that article, down in the corner, there would be a counter that would tell me how many people I had reached with, with that article so far. And so a few days later, I could look at it and it would be in excess of 200,000 people. The reach would be over 200,000. And today, when I post an article, um, I encourage people to share it. I encourage people to comment on it because that helps the algorithm, that helps spread the word. But um, just like these videos, um, my reach now on Facebook is typically under 1,000. It's right. it's in the 380, 400, 500 zone rather than 200,000, 250,000 that it was just a few years ago. Right. There is no question that I'm being shadow banned. There's no question that a lot of our media on social media is being suppressed. Um, Clover tax. YouTube videos are being suppressed. The algorithm is hiding them. Your friends can't see, won't see these videos popping up in their suggested list because we're not saying the things that our lords and masters in Silicon Valley want said or want people to hear. So this again, simple, simple thing. Click on the link, share it. Share it out to all of your friends and say, hey, these guys are saying something important. You should listen to this. When, when you see, you know, a, an article that's a good pro-rights article, click on it, share it, share it out to your friends because it does make a difference. Um, and, and, you know, I get, I, I'm going to go back to, to the guys who say, well, we're past the time and we need to, you know, we need a revolution, the whole boogaloo, yeah. all, of, all of this stuff. Um, 
guys, if you're not willing to click a share, if you're not willing to to uh, talk to a politician, send a note to a politician, it's super simple. Go to the GOA website or the the AZCDL website or the VCDL website and go to take action. And there will be a letter that you can say, yes, sign it, send it out. It's just right. a couple of clicks. It's easy peasy stuff. Um, subscribe to my newsletter. I'll, I'll fill you in on what's going on and what you can do and then do it. If, if we, if we gun owners, if gun voters will get together and do it, we can win. We have the votes, we have the influence, we have the power. Um, but we managed to divide ourselves over purity tests and arguments. Um, I know guys still today that won't register to vote because they're afraid of being called up for jury duty. My God, buddy, <laughs> beg for jury duty. What maybe you'll get that case that that uh, will make you know change the world. Um, but uh, they they do jury duty based on your driver's license, not your not your voter registration. So uh, register to vote and then vote and make sure everybody in your household votes. Um, and make sure that they know how to vote and why it's important. Oh my gosh, we we lost one many years ago now that um, the turnout was way higher than they were anticipating. And the reason the turnout was higher was because there was a gun bill on the ballot. And our guys turned out in droves. And along with our guys, they brought their wives. And we lost. And the reason we lost is because our guys didn't explain to their wives why it was so important that they vote against this gun bill because they did exit polling and they found out that, you know, 80% of the men who, who showed up voted against this gun control bill and 90% of the women who showed up voted for it. And half of those women were our wives and daughters and we <laughs> didn't make it clear to them that it's really important that they vote against this bill. Right. Uh, so share the word in your house, in your neighborhood, on your social media. Um, for crying out loud, I would encourage you to, to become a, a, a precinct committeeman in your party, whatever your party is. If your party's not pro-gun, not pro-rights, then move it in that direction. Get involved. And, and becoming a precinct committeeman is the lowest rung on the party structure ladder. So start and climb the ladder. Become Become the political boss in your neighborhood. Become the political boss in your, your legislative district. Become the political boss in your congressional district. Go vote for the president at the convention. You know, get involved. Right. Um, it's, it's easy. It doesn't take, you, you don't have to be a, a lunatic like me. You don't have to be a, a weirdo who, who eats and breathes this stuff 24-7, 365. Um, I understand. I, I figured out years ago that I'm a freak. Um, most people don't look at politics the way I look at politics, don't get involved in it the way I get involved in it. But um, you don't have to. Just doing simple little things like like keeping up with what's going on. Find your trusted sources. Keep up with those trusted sources. And when those trusted sources say, hey, this is something important, do what they ask you to do. Right. Write a letter to your congressman. Forward their message. Share it out on your social media. It's it's not hard, but every little bit helps, and it really does make a difference. 
Well, and that, that, uh, yeah, that goes into something I was going to mention when you were talking about, uh, you know, the drop in reach on Facebook. Uh, Mr. Rick out there has a question. We will get to, uh, I'll get to that, Rick, here in just a second. We'll talk about that for sure. Um, before I lose my train of thought, um, you know, here's, here's the thing. I mean, is it discouraging when you see your reach drop and other things? Yes. Mm-hmm. But here's what, you know, I would, I would say to people, um, don't let that discouragement stop you from continuing to do those things. And here's why um, I had a conversation and this has been several election cycles ago, but I had a conversation with a gentleman and we were talking about the mayoral race in his city and he was complaining and blah, 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 blah. And oh, it was so tight, but we just couldn't pull it off and this, that, and the other. And, you know, he, has a Facebook, but he doesn't really use the Facebook and all this other stuff. And I said, okay, I said, so let's look at this. So I went and looked at the, uh, went and pulled up, obviously the election results. I went and pulled up, you know, the number of people in the, in the city, the, you know, registered voters. And I pulled up, you know, all these other numbers and we broke it down. And it was interesting because, um, that race was one, by 200 votes, oh. a mayoral race was won by 200 votes. So 201 votes, basically, right? And his mm-hmm. guy, uh, you know, he supported would have got it. And he had like 3,000 friends on his Facebook list. And he <laughs> never once posted anything. And I said, you know, how many, you know, I get it. I get the suppression. But, you know, if we're talking about especially local races like that, right? Things can happen. I've seen county races here be decided single-digit votes, mm-hmm. and you can sway that suppression or not. You can you can sway that many votes on social media. So you know, in the if you're talking about a state level representative, if you're talking about a you know, federal level, you know, senator or congressman or something, okay, you know, maybe not. I get it. <laughs> You've got to have a pretty good reach, you know, to be able to affect enough people. Except, except um, that you're making a difference. Right. Maybe you're not making the difference, but you're making a difference. And if just a few of you guys do that, it can make the difference. Right. And, and another point that I'll piggyback on with that is something, you know, when I talk about like here and getting the message out and, you know, people turning on a camera and maybe you're not the biggest channel on YouTube. Maybe you're not the podcast with the most downloads. Maybe you never are. Um, but here's the thing. I, I firmly believe that every person in this world, there is another, at least one other person in this world that that person is the only one that can connect. <laughs> And so here's the thing. If you're out there, you may you may do live streams and only get two views every live stream. Maybe all you get. And you're putting in this time and, and everything else. But what if one of those people uh, is a per is the person that you can actually you can reach? And what if that one person is able to reach a million people? You mm-hmm. never know, right? Right. So it's you know, I end all my produced videos with don't forget to chain fire freedom. And if you, you know, black powder revolvers, you're familiar with that term. You understand what that means. One sets off the other, sets off the other, sets off the other. And it's a, it's a chain reaction. And so that's the point that I like to try to get across to people is you never know when you tell somebody how many people 
they're going to tell, how effective they're going to be at communicating the message. They may can do it. You know, I may suck at this, but I may inspire somebody to do this. That becomes the greatest ever at doing it. Mm-hmm. And there's merit in that. And that needs to be, you know, you need to value your voice, however big or small you think it is. You need to value your voice. Um, now, to jump up to Rick's, Rick's question real quick, uh, Jeff, we're kind of running up a, against a clock here, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, uh, Rick says you'd mentioned, um, you know, the mass emails, the form letters. Um, and he says, question, he says, do mass emails work? Uh, uh, for example, the ones from like F- FPC and GOA. So I'm conflicted on this myself, and I'm curious to hear hear your opinions. And, and let me let me frame this around why I'm conflicted with it. When we had the comment period, uh, the second comment period for sure, um, on the whole bump stock thing, and the uh, what do they call it when they they have the comments and then they do the answer or the final letter or whatever whatever it is i don't i don't know the vernacular or the terminology there i'm getting it wrong but hopefully folks know what i mean um now if you read through that whole thing which i did multiple times um it was obvious that the atf or at least somebody was reading through organizing that data parsing the comments into different categories and all kinds of things and one of the categories or one of the things that was mentioned in that document that stuck out to me was so x number of these were form letter Mm -hmm. right and i thought okay well if they get that do they do they just cast that aside or does that actually hold weight yeah it, it and it it does it doesn't hold as much weight as if you did it yourself uh, as if you just took it, took it on yourself to, to write the letter. Um, back in the olden days, it was a postcard right. that, um, um, you know, GOA would mail you a, uh, sheet of postcards that were addressed to your Congress critters. And you would tear out those postcards, sign them and put them in the mail and, and mail them, you know, out. Right. And I remember back in, 1995, um, that, uh, it was still 94 (laughs) that, uh, uh, Arizona Senator John Kyle had voted for the assault weapons ban and came on my radio show and was explaining, you know, him and Han and trying to get me to, to endorse him or at least give him a pass on having voted for the assault weapons ban. And uh, in that, he commented that, you know, they they got hundreds to one communications uh, in opposition, but most of those were just co- uh, postcards from the NRA and GOA. And it's like, uh, okay, but but that's people who took the time to at least put their name on a postcard and mail it to you. And, and there's no question that the politicians discount that to a degree. Um, but it's better than nothing. Um, and it's gotten to the point now, they, they might parse them out that way, but predominantly what they do is, is a check mark system, basically. They're, they're counting. So every call, every email, every note, every fax, 
that does anybody still do fax anyway all of that um they put a check mark uh, you know yes no check mark check mark no check mark check mark check mark and they're counting those and at the end of the day they say um the the boss is going in for his vote or or whatever and says what's that gun control thing looking like and the assistant looks down and says we've got 40,000 people have have called or written saying that they oppose it and 10,000 people have called or written saying that they support it oh 40,000 wow well maybe we better uh, dodge that bullet you know and and they go um it can make a difference um it call and this is the thing. Guys don't want to write. They don't want to, well, and it's not going to do any good. It does make a difference. Go ahead and do it. I'm not big on signing petitions. I, I don't I do not do that. That Petitions are, are a hoax. They're just gathering your, your email address and, and your contact information, which is okay. If you want to give that to them, that's fine. Um, but it's, it's not swaying much. Petitions is another step down on the influence ladder. Okay. from uh, mass mail cards, but right. um, but call them, 202-224-3121. That's the House switchboard, uh, the Capitol switchboard. You can get your, your congressman or your senator. Um, give them a call. It's easy. Call them up and, and say, hey, I want to talk to my congressman. Yep. Well, who's your congressman? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> She'll right. figure it out for you or he. Right. Right. You know. Yeah, well, I, uh, you and so I send you there and somebody who you don't know and who isn't your congressman is going to answer the phone and you say hey this uh this gun control bill this this thing about uh, expanded background checks i oppose it and i'm gonna i'm gonna vote against your guy if if he votes for it just want you to know i'm in your district uh you're my congressman i'm gonna vote against you if if you uh vote for this bill that's it it's all there is um and that makes a difference. Every little bit makes a difference. Please take the time. Do it. Yeah. The um, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, <laughs> what I said earlier about uh, missing a call from my state rep. State rep is, is even easier, honestly, I think. Um, I actually sent an email, uh, and that's all recorded and kept too when you send emails, uh, or at least our state is. I'm assuming the federal level, all that type of communication's got to be archived, I'm sure. Um, but um, I sent it after business hours and all yesterday, and um, it was good Lord, well before lunch today that I missed his call. So, you mm. know, you know what I'm saying? And it was a simple email. Uh, the the heading of the email or, or whatever the subject was Second Amendment, <laughs> and I said, uh, "Hey, Mr. Clardy, uh, you know this is Chris. We we you know we we know each other. Uh, I didn't feel right sending an email saying Travis, but uh, normally we're on a first name basis. Uh, and I said, uh, just want to have a have a quick conversation with you. You know, I know that you know we're in legislative session when you get you know a few moments free time." Uh, you'll please, please give me a call. 
or let me know when is a good time to call you. Uh, and again, like I said, less than it was, I'd say probably 12 hours, you know, 12, 18 hours later, 16 hours. I don't know. Um, he called. Now, sadly, I missed his call, but that kind of puts him in his place and lets him know that he's not high and mighty. Uh, mm-hmm. There's other people by God that's important, too, in this world. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's pretty easy. And, and, and I know that for some people with uh, particularly on the state level, some people get discouraged because their politician may be uh, their politician, their representative you know what i'm saying i don't right, I hate elected servant elective servant yeah whatever not leader i hate it when people use that that word right. for sure there's plenty of other words that are, are more fitting um but um you know maybe more liberal leaning democrat whatever uh you know i had a conversation a uh, podcast with uh, uh laura from uh liberal gun club Right. Uh, a few weeks back or something like that. And one of the conversations we had was, are, is Liberal Gun Club comfortable with people that may not identify as liberal, but live in Democrat liberal districts? Are they comfortable with those people contacting them because they have um, practice methods and ways that they communicate, right, with those politicians? And maybe... Uh, if you're having a tough time communicating with that politician, maybe get a hold of them uh, through their website or email and say, hey, I've got a you know liberal Democrat politician. They're trying to pass this. What is the you know, what is the liberal gun control? What are y'all's talking points? How do y'all approach, mm-hmm. uh, you know, politicians on that side of the aisle with these issues? And, you know, we can we can use those arguments. Uh, I think I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Well, and, and, and at the state level, uh, your state representatives and so forth, and this, again, is is a good reason to become a precinct committeeman uh, in your party, is because you get better access to your politicians <clears throat> and uh, you can gain influence. Um, if if you're the guy who's getting up in their face and ranting and, and shall not be infringed and don't you, you're not you're not making points. You're you're not you're not winning. Um, if, if you're the guy who says, Hey, representative Smith, I was just looking at, at, at this, you know, that you're hurting yourself when you go this direction, because, uh, the data says that it doesn't work and you're offending this whole big block of voters by, by going with that. Um, it, it's, there's nothing reasonable about restricting everybody's rights for fear of what this little segment is going to do. Uh, I'd love to talk with you about it sometime. I'm very active in the rights community, and and um, I, I think that I'd like to help you understand why it's important to me and folks like me. That approach can make you a go-to guy. Um, there are politicians at, at both the state and the national level that will send me a text message or an email or give me a call and say, hey, Jeff, I just got this this thing, um, questionnaire, whatever, or somebody just introduced this bill. Um, what do you think about that? What, you know, th- this is kind of iffy. What's what's my talking point here? Uh, I I have them that will send me the questionnaire from a gun group and say, Hey Jeff, can you fill this out for me? Um, and I will say, sure. Tell you what, 
let's get on the phone and we'll walk through it. Um, and, and it gives me a chance to educate them and, and help them out. But the, the point is that you can be the same type of influencer that I sometimes get to be. Um, make friends with these people, even the people who aren't solidly on your side, because it's possible to educate them. Uh, my father always said that the the single most important attribute for any politician was the or skill was the ability to be elected. That's it. If if you don't have that, then you're not even a politician. And if we can impact their ability to be elected, we can make a difference. And so that's what we have to be doing. Um, we have to be at least convincing them that we can impact their ability to be elected. And at, at times we're going to have to back up that, that claim, you know, um, but it's, it's better to carrot than stick. You know, it's, it's better to, to woo them in. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about that. Hey, you know what? You can get a lot of votes from a place that you wouldn't expect them by yep. simply saying this going here. Um, and, that can make a big, huge difference. And, and we all, we can make a difference. As I say, as often as I possibly can, you are the gun lobby. It's up to you. If, if you don't do it, don't depend on suits in Washington or guys behind computers to do the work for you. If you don't do the legwork, if you don't pick up the phone, if you don't pick up your pen, pick up your computer, send a note, then uh, talk to your politicians. It's it's not going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, we lose. And and that's it. If we get together and we stay together, we win. Uh, dividing us and arguing amongst ourselves, we lose. And for those who want or are going to throw, you know, well, why are you attacking the NRA? I'm not attacking the NRA. I'm criticizing their leadership for padding their pockets. Um, it, it, Anyone who gets rich while being the executive of a nonprofit organization has some splaining to do. Right. And that's that's my my argument there. Um, I am a strong supporter of the NRA. I'm a, a lifetime endowment member of the NRA. I've been a member of the NRA for over 40 years and uh, I strongly support the organization. I have severe criticism for some of the leadership of that organization right now. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's that guys, we've got to get together. We've got to move forward um, in a principled manner and we've got to play checker or play tic-tac-toe. You know, we got to block the square um, and we've got to prepare for what's coming. We've got an election coming up in another year. And at that point, we've got to win those elections um, mm -hmm. because uh, we're, toppling over a cliff right now and and i don't know if we can survive it i don't know if we can survive until next election and i don't know if next election is going to be a um a viable option even with some of the legislation that's being proposed right now to change the way we do elections it's it's outrageous um that i can come in i can register i can change my address i can change my name on my ballot today and vote 
and it doesn't go into a provisional category where somebody can look back and say, well, let's look at all of the people who registered on the day of the election. No, they, they're not doing it that way. So I could go vote at five or six different polling places or a hundred different polling places. Um, this stuff is crazy what they're trying to do right now. Um, so pay attention, get involved, be on top of it, uh, participate. That's, that's the big thing, participate. And just hitting a like and a share is a way to participate, and it does make a difference. One hundred percent, Jeff. We are uh, we're long out of time. Yeah. I I really, you know, I wanted to. We talked privately about it. I wanted to get into the NRA a little bit. So, if mm-hmm. you're game, I want to have you back on. It Always may be, game. And maybe have that conversation without jumping down a uh, a bunch of rabbit holes. Great conversation today. Uh, though I'm always, uh, uh, what is the uh, smitten with the uh, with a conversation with you? It seems I hope everybody out there uh, did the same with uh, the live chat. Thank you for everybody out there. Got a new Patreon member uh, with a uh, savage sharpshooter out there who also dropped down some uh, serious pimp money in a uh, in a super chat. So I want to uh, definitely thank him. Even seen some new folks out there, Teddy and. Uh, Jack, I don't know that I've, I've seen Jack out there in the chat before. So, uh, yeah, remember if you're in replay, you can always comment down below and be a part of the conversation, but catching these live and being out there in the chat, uh, you can actually ask questions and, and participate and, and get your input. Uh, before we get out of here, Jeff, if, if people want to know more about, uh, the firearms coalition, you, the, the projects you mentioned at the first of the podcast, uh, where do they go about finding that? It's it's really simple. Firearmscoalition.org. Firearmscoalition.org. You can also find me um, usually a weekly column at ammoland.com. Um, if you just put my last name, Knox, and guns together, um, you're going to find stuff from me. Um, we've been at this. I, I'm second generation. My father before me uh, was... Uh, president or vice president of the NRA, who was executive director of ILA, was uh, one of the top gun writers in the country for decades. Um, so um, we've we've got a legacy of this that stretches, you know, what, we're coming up on 70 years or something like that, that we've been active in the fight. Um, so please join us, firearmscoalition.org, ammoland.com, Firearms News Magazine. Um, Check it out and please hit that like and share button on everything that you like and that you think your friends should should know, you know, share it out there because it does make a difference. And Clover, I appreciate you giving me the chance to talk to people today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, Again, everybody out there live. Thanks for uh, taking an hour and 13, 14 minutes out of your your day here at the uh, launch hour for most folks around the country. Uh, Yeah, and we're going to get out of here. Look for these popping up, these podcasts, just when and where. Uh, They're always random. They come along as uh, I get the guests scheduled and they have the free time just to chat. So with that one, uh, we're gone. Peace.